Yesterday, we started Kohelet. And I mentioned to you how the opening Pasuk in Kohelet describes Shalomo HaMelech by his name Kohelet. He's the one who gathered information. Gathered information, like we said yesterday, means that a person doesn't just learn. He gathers it, keeps it. Plus, gathering also means that the information is not made up from yourself. When you gather something, it's something outside of you. It's not something that you bring from within yourself. When we learn, we gather information. That's the real learning because we're trying to get the wisdom of the Creator. So we're gathering His information. The goal of learning is not to create wisdom. Rather, it's to acquire wisdom. And you do that by bringing in the wisdom of the Torah and making it yours. But it has to come from Hashem into you. So Kohelet ben David, right? It says, Melech Birushalayim. So the Midrash over here, interesting Midrash. Midrash says, Gimel Yeridot Yarat Shalomo. Shalomo had three downfalls in his life. Yerida Rishona, the first time he fell. Me'ahar Shehaya Melech Gadol. He used to be, Shalomo was a very powerful man. Melech Gadol. From one end of the world to the other. Not necessarily that he was the king of the world, but it means he had power that the world was he was listening to his to his words. He was a power his word was very strong in the world at large. He was a very powerful man. What happened? His power, his malchut, was reduced. He was only, I mean, the only people that listened to him were Am Israel. That's why it says, Mishle Shalomo ben David, Melech Israel. By Mishle, he calls himself the Melech of Israel. So that was already a Yerida. I mean, he used to be, he was Melech Alam. But he went down, he became Melech Israel. His first drop is what he refers to, refers to in Mishle. Mishle Shalomu ben David, Melech Israel. Which means, by the way, which means, according to this Midrash, that when he said Melech Israel in Mishle, he wasn't trying to praise himself. Look who I am, that I am Melech Israel. The opposite. He was saying, I became only Melech Israel. You would read it usually, like, look at me, look, I, look who I am. He's saying the opposite. He say, I used to be Melech now I became only Melech Israel. Says the Midrash, Yerida Shenia, he went down again. 
He got another demotion. The second time he went down. After he had his power over Am Yisrael. Again, his power went down. Doesn't mean he had a king that took over in Israel. We don't see that he was, he shared the kingdom with anybody. But it just means basically the only people who listened to him were the people in Yerushalayim. Nobody else. Everybody else kind of ignored his power over them. So again, where is that stated? says the Midrash. When you open Kohelet, Really, our the first of Pasuk, right? It says, <coughs> So you see oh, again what David, what Shlomo is saying, that he got demoted again. Used to be the whole world is listening to him. He went from the world to Israel. Now he's only in Yerushalayim. And then says the Midrash, Yerida Shlishit, the third time. Me'ahar she'aya melech al Yerushalayim, nitma'ata malchuto, his kingdom got even less, diminished even more. Ve'lo aya melech ela al beto. He was only a melech on his house. And that's why it says, remember we asked yesterday, why by Shira Shirim doesn't say Shira Shirim at Shilomo and Melech, why? Just says Shira Shirim Asher Shilomo. No Melech, why? Because he lost, even Yerushalayim, the people there even not listening. So now he went to the third level where he was just a Melech al Beta. So it explains at least what, why in the three books that he wrote, each one had a different title. One he was Melech Israel, one he was Melech Yerushalayim, and one he was Melech Oli al Beto. Like it says over here, where do you see al Beto? Where do you see at least he was a king over his house? So they, they bring a they bring a proof. It says here, uh, he was a Melech, and his mita means a Melech al Beto. Interesting, he was still titled officially the king of Israel. He always was. But he didn't have the power. People didn't listen to him like they used to before. So again, interesting. That whenever he wrote Melech, according to this Midrash, he's actually showing off something different than what we thought. If someone tells you, my title is king, so you think he's showing off his power. I'm the king. But it comes out according to Midrash, he was showing off something else. You see, in life, and this happens to a lot of people, and it may happen in many different ways, that a person, a person, actually happens to everybody in one way or another, that a person in life is sometimes upgraded to a high level where he's a melech. He may be a melech over his business. He may be a melech over his home, his community. He may be a melech over his uh, his friends. A person in life sometimes is elevated 
in one way or another to be a melech, where he is in control and people are listening to him. When a person goes down, when a person is lowered, his status is lowered, this is a very big hit to a person. His ego is shot. What a, it's like a person who has a vase and you throw it on the floor. So all that should happen, really, is that the vase should go from the top and it'll now be on the floor. So it got lowered. But that's not what happens. When a vase goes from the top to the bottom, it shatters. It breaks. It's destroyed. Normally what happens to people when they were on a high financially, politically, or in any even spiritually, they were, uh, he's a rabbi of a big, uh, of a big congregation. Anytime a person has an elevated state and then he's lowered, what happens to most people is that they become broken and they're no longer able to live their life normally. An example of this we find by Cain. Cain was a very great person. Cain spent his time trying to figure out how to repay Hashem for all the kindness he did for him. He spent his time trying to figure out how to serve God. What can I give him? He was the first person in the Torah mentioned that thought of the concept of a korban. There are many people who read about the korbanot in Sefer Vayikra and are troubled by the concept. This man on his own thought of the concept. He understood the value of a korban. He understood the value of giving a sacrifice, not so much because God needs the animal. Of course, God doesn't have a need. He created the animal. The idea of a korban that Cain thought of even Hevel, his brother, did not think of the idea that you can give something of yourself, even if it's meaningless to the recipient. Before that, who said, what, what can I give Hashem? Anything I give him, he has already. And anything I give him, he gave it to me first. So what possible gift can I give the Creator? Kind thought, wait. When I give something of myself, even though the Creator doesn't need it, I'm giving Him something greater than the item. I'm giving Him my heart. I'm giving Him my love. I'm giving Him my desire to say, if I could give you something that you needed, I know there's nothing that you need, but if I could, I would do it. And what's an example of me giving you something? Here's something I just worked for an entire year. I worked so hard to go and plant and grow. And I'm going to come and I'm going to give you the fruits. That was a very big sacrifice. He worked an entire year. Finally, the fruits came out. You go and you give it as a korban. To demonstrate that I am willing to give you what you need. Of course, you don't need it. But my ratzon, my desire to do for you is just as valuable as if you actually needed something. This was who thought of this? Kain. Till then, nobody 
Everybody had the question, Ma'ashiv Lashem, what can I give Hashem? He's doing so much for me, what can I give him back? Hevel could not come up with this. That's why it says in the Pasuk that when Hevel saw his brother bring a korban, Hevel Gamhu is on. What a what a what an idea, what a genius. What an idea. And he went also following his brother, and he also brought a korban. So Cain was a very great man. What happened to Cain? <clears throat> Again, think of a man who's spending his days thinking how he can serve the creator of the world. So appreciating of what he did for him. So after, again, after Cain's korban was not accepted and Hebel's korban was accepted, the Pasuk says a little bit later, Vayomer Cain el Hebel Ahiv. Cain said to his brother Hebel, but it doesn't say in the Pasuk at all what he said. It just says, Vayomer Cain el Hebel Ahiv. And then the same pasuk, when they were in the field, the question is, what did he say to him? Doesn't say what he said to him. So the Yonatan ben Uziel, there is a targum, Yonatan ben Uziel, the great Tana. So, he fills in some of the words here of what he told him. He told him like this. Says the Targum Yonatan ben Oziel. Va'amar Cain levat Hevel Ahuhi. Cain told his brother, toward his brother Hevel, and he told him bottom lines, he says, Ane Cain ve'amar lehevel. Let din ve let dayan. There's no din, there's no justice in this world. Let dayan, there's no judge in this world. Let alam aharan, there's no olam haba. Let le mitan agir tab. He says, let sadikaya, there's no reward for doing good. He says, let le mitpara'a min rashi'aya, there's no punishment for being a rasha. Hear this? Bottom line, he was kofir in all the basic concepts of a, of a human being. Forget a joke. There's no creator, there's no judge, there's no justice, the world's a mess. There's no, there's no reward, there's no punishment. Doesn't matter what you do. And what do you do? He went and he killed, he killed his brother. How does a man who's spending his days trying to understand how he can repay the Creator for all his kindness that he's doing for him. And then, a day later, he's kofer. Answer is, what we read before, when, when, it, when, when Hashem didn't accept his korban, you could imagine, it says, Cain was very, very, very angry. And his face fell. He was so embarrassed. He was so lowered in his eyes. He can't believe it. God didn't accept his korban. He accepted his brother's korban. So what happened? He was on a high. He felt great about himself. He's doing great. He's doing a korban. 
and all of a sudden, he dropped. Now he dropped, instead of dropping and figuring out how to live where he is and figuring out how to maybe get, come back again, rise from where he is. What does he do? He broke. He shatters. He broke. He became a kofir and he destroyed himself and so much that humanity could have had. You see an example. When a person is on a high and he goes down, he shatters. He's gone. Whatever, whatever ideals, whatever greatness he was shooting for, gone. Another beautiful example that he gave. By Orpa. Ruth and Orpa were both sisters that were married to brothers that were with Naomi on their way back from Moab to Eretz Israel, fully intending to join Am Israel. They both were inspired, they knew the truth, they understood the value, and they were willing to give up their palace and their money and everything they had in Moab to go with Naomi who had nothing to Eretz Israel, to a new country, a new religion, a new people. They were both willing to go with her. They're going with her. And Ruth kept, excuse me, Naomi kept trying to tell them to, 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 to stay back. This is what we do to a, a convert who comes in. We try to discourage them. You're doing good. You have laws. You're a goy. You have olam You could live your own life. This is a hard life. There's more to do here. There's more responsibility. You don't need it. That's what we do. We don't, we don't have missionaries in Judaism. All the other religions that became large through missionaries, through the crusade, through the sword, through, the, the, through, through threats. But I'm Israel in our history. We never had missionaries. The opposite of missionaries. Yeah. We tell somebody who comes in, you don't need to come in. The reason why we're different, by the way, is because all the other losers tell you, if you don't do like us, then you're then you're going to gain that. So you will kill you now. I'm Israel. We said, no, what do you mean? If you're a goy, you have mitzvot, you have seven mitzvot, you have olam haba. So you have a job in life. You don't have to become something else. So therefore, we discourage it. But the growth of Am Yisrael is from within. We don't grow from the outside. Now, that's what Naomi did. She kept discouraging them. And at some point, Orpa, she went back. Ruth, she stayed. Orpa went home. Now, Orpa, could you imagine how she felt when she got home? Her sister now, she went. You know, sometimes a person has a certain nisayon in life. He has a certain challenge. And uh, somebody else is up to the challenge and makes it. Who knows, Orpa, when she left, she probably imagined she feels that Ruth would come with her. I mean, you could just imagine, but she didn't. Ruth continued to go on and elevating herself. Ruth became the mother, of course, of Mashiach, of the mother, the grandma of David Amela. Ruth goes down as one of the greatest women in the history of the world. This Orpa was right with her. And she did not follow through, and you could understand that. It was, a, it was very odd. Imagine what she felt like when she got home, back to the Moab, back to all the Tum'ab, Moab, 
where she was headed. She knew where she was headed. She knew what she wanted, but she just couldn't, couldn't push the button. She couldn't follow through. Could you imagine the disappointment? We know that Goliath, Goliath, the great enemy of David Melech, came, this Rasha came from Orpah. Hazal tells us that Orpah, on that night already, she fell into the worst Tum'ah. That night. What? Did she even stay one night? How could you go from sacrificing everything to be with, not only to be a great Jew, and that night you go down to the worst Tum'ah? When did you ever see that? And it's really the same story. When you're on a high in life, and all of a sudden you go down, you shatter. When you shatter, then everything could be gone in a moment. This is the story of life that we see all over the place. Not only in religious terms, in business. How many times have you seen a person who's leading a business, he's, doing, he's, the, he's the boss, he's the guy, and then all of a sudden things don't go right and then everything is different. And by the way, he has now a decent opportunity, but he can't take it. He can't get a job that works for somebody else. He feels it's a demotion. He won't be able. And sometimes he does take the job because he has no choice. But his whole life he walks around a broken person. He's a broken man. Why? Because he used to be running the show. And now he's the avid. He's the worker of somebody else. He never recovers from them. And by the way, gentlemen, it's going to happen for all of us. Don't think. A person gets older, at some point, he become, a lot of the, he becomes irrelevant. You know, it used to be, you were the guy. When your son wanted to do something, when your daughter wanted something, when people needed advice, they come to you. At some point, you're going to see, people will ignore you. They might come to you just to make you feel good, but you know they're just trying to make you feel good. They'll say, Mike, what do you think about this? Yeah, They really don't care what you think. But, but they say, Hazid, the old man, he, yeah, he has nothing else in his life. Let me make him feel like he's important. But it's going to happen to all of us. There comes a point in life, maybe when you hit 50, 60, 70, 80, at some point, you're going to be irrelevant in certain areas. And you know what happens to people when they become irrelevant? They start to feel down. They become broken. They're broken people. So you could be broken because you lost your business. You could be broken because you lost your clout. You can be broken because you used to be important in the community and you no longer have that position. You could be, you were the rabbi at once that you were able to influence people and now you're no longer able. There are so many areas in life in so many ways that a person could go down. And usually when a person goes down from the top, he shatters and then his whole life becomes broken. He's a broken person. This is, this is the reality of life. You have to know that. You have to get ready for this. Because it already happened maybe somewhere and it will happen more. Nobody stays on top always and everything. It's just not that kind of world. There's going to be where a person is going to go down. It's going to happen. So is there a way? Is there a system? Is there a person to look up to? Guess what? That is what Shalomu HaMelech kept talking about when he introduced himself 
When he said, I am Melech Yisrael, not like you thought. He was coming to say, look how great I am. I am the king of Israel. No, no. He was saying, look how great I am. That I used to be the king of the world. And I fell where well, I'm only now the king of Israel. But I am a Melech. Where I am in my life, I'm a Melech over Israel. I did not get broken. I still walk around like a Melech. And then when he wrote Kohelet, and he says, I'm the king of Jerusalem, he wasn't being proud. Look how I, look, I'm the king of Jerusalem. Uh, the opposite. He said, look at me. I became now the king of Jerusalem. Holy, that's it, the old city. Nobody else listens to me. The whole world is after me. All of you, Israel used to listen to me. Now only this little city listens to me. But I'm the Melech. I walk around as a proud king doing my job as the Melech. And then, as the Midrash says, look at the words. The Midrash is so beautiful. If you, if you read it first, you don't realize. Look at the words of the Midrash. And then it says the Midrash, Yerida Hashlishit. What was his third downfall? Me'amar she'aya melech al Yerushalayim. He used to be the melech of Jerusalem. Nitzma'ata malchuto ve'lo haya melech ella al beto. Melech al beto. Since when there's a person who only has a home and people, he only has his wife. It could be called a melech? Yes, they use the word melech, which means that David, that Shlomo Melech, even when he fell all the way, and the only one that listened to him was his wife. Nobody else, yeah, nobody else. Beto. And bottom line, this is a huge, a beautiful message right in the beginning of Kohelet. When he says, Look at me, Kohelet Melech Birushalayim. He's telling you in life that when you go down, you still are a melech. The only one that can destroy you is you. And even if all you have left is beto, you're a melech. Don't shatter yourself in life when you go down. One of the great wisdoms of life is that wherever Hashem puts you, you could be a melech. Wherever Hashem puts you, you could be extremely matliah. But you can't. Feel like you went down and then you get broken. Because at that point you destroy yourself. Wherever Hashem puts you in life, you have an opportunity of great success. Even if it's not what you were used to. Even if it's not where you came from. It's one of the big tragedies in life. That when people go down, they break instead of finding the malchut. Instead of finding the kingdom where they are. Every area in life, there is a way to be a melech. The word melech means that you're in control. The word melech means that you run the show. You never have a situation where you're not given the ability to run the show. Sometimes the show is very big, sometimes the show is very small. But nonetheless, every place Hashem puts you, you could be a melech and you could walk around like a melech. The one who can destroy you. People will say, you know why I'm like this? You know I'm like this? Because look where I was. Look where I mean, I see that. Look where I used to be. Look who I was. Look. <clears throat> That's a terrible, terrible, terrible statement. 
It's not because of where you were. It's your doing. It's your reaction. You decided to take that drop and cause it to shatter yourself where you could have been a miller. So who's the example in our life? If you ever want to remember the example, you ask me, who's an example of someone who retained his malchut even at a huge drop? This is Shalom Melech, and that's what he keeps stressing when he writes his books. Melech Israel, Melech Birushalayim. And no melech at all. And what is he doing? He's writing Shira Shirim Asher Lishlomo. His greatest accomplishment, Shira Shirim, is Kodesh Kodashim. The greatest accomplishment of his life in books is Shira Shirim. When did he write that? At the lowest point of his malchut. The man is singing away the, in, in the most beautiful way. And he went all the way down. People would be broken. And he's telling you no. I have no malchut at all. I'm not, I'm just, I only have, he says here, yeah, he says, <coughs> All he has is his bed, nothing else. He has nothing, no other malchut. And yet, he is a melech. Gentlemen, this is a tremendous, tremendous hezuk for every person. That, of course, in life, a person strives to be in the highest in whatever he's doing and accomplish the most and be given the best. The best opportunities in all areas. This is it. This is the ambition of a person. But you have to know in life sometimes they're going to tell a person, go down. It's not for you to be up there. And you have to, when they tell them to go down, they don't mean to say go down and therefore check out. They're telling you, you're going to be able to accomplish when you're down. You're going to be able to accomplish right where you are. You got to feel like a melech wherever Hashem puts you. This is the Hafmah of Shalom Melech. Now we understand the three introductions to these three books. Amazing. What a beautiful midrash that brings out the Pesukim. Have a wonderful day.